0: right today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson and as always I'm really glad you've chosen to join us today. At this point in COVID-19 vaccine distribution efforts, a lot of groups such as healthcare workers, those that live in and work in nursing home facilities and many others have been prioritized or have already received the vaccine. And of course, as of April 5th, all Michigan residents 16 or older can actually go get a COVID-19 vaccine. I am one of the people who is really pushing the idea that all of us need to take advantage of that, especially here in the city of Detroit, where we are lagging so far behind where we should be with people getting vaccinated. But for all that discussion about vaccinations... State and federal agencies are starting to recognize the importance of prioritizing vaccination efforts when it comes to one particular segment of the population, and it's a segment that we haven't talked a lot about, the homeless. HUD's annual point in time count said 17 of every 10,000 people in the U.S. was homeless on a single night in January 2019. The need to vaccinate this specialized group is important, Because they experience not only underlying health conditions that put them at increased risk for COVID-19, but also because they may be staying in homeless shelters where it would be pretty hard to stay socially distanced. And of course, that is what facilitates the spread of the virus. As some states try to step up efforts to prioritize the homeless when it comes to vaccinations, we want to take a look at where Michigan stands when it comes to vaccinating this segment of the population. What steps are being taken in the city of Detroit, both by organizations and by local government, to ensure that as many members of this group as possible get vaccinations? That is where we begin the conversation today, and we've got two really great guests to help us talk about this subject. Dr. Najiba Rahman is Chief Medical Officer for the Detroit Health Department. Uh, Dr. Rahman, welcome to Detroit Today.
1: Good morning, Mr. Henderson. Thank you for having me.
0: And Reverend Faith Fowler is Executive Director of Cass Community Social Services. She has been there for 25 years and is one of the most dedicated and fervent advocates for people facing housing insecurity here in Detroit. Uh, Reverend Fowler, welcome back to Detroit Today.
2: Thank you, Stephen. Good to
0: be with you. Yes. So, Dr. Rahman, I'm going to start with you. And I'd love for you to talk just a little about why it's really important to focus on vaccinating the homeless. Uh, How many people are we talking about here in the city of Detroit and how many of them have been able to get vaccinations so far? Also, talk a little about what issues they have uh, in terms of trying to get them vaccinated and even get information to them about how to get vaccinated.
1: Sure. So, yeah, you know, the, the homelessness work we did in the city of Detroit, I really do think is is one of our success stories um, of the COVID response um, from the beginning where we were doing testing and going into all the shelters a year ago. And so we built these relationships up. And so, in mid-January, when you know we were able to start doing outreach for vaccination, we already had these relationships established with the shelters, and so it was very easy to go in and start vaccinating staff and residents. Um, you know, early on, the prioritization was only for staff, and so we advocated with the state and asked if we could um, we could also start vaccinating residents. And you know, what we found um, through some surveys that we had conducted um, with the CDC when we had them. Um, come to just assess um, what our practices were with with the homeless population, was that many people were um, hesitant about uptake because they were scared of the side effects, and then they had heard reports about people dying from it. And so, you know, we went in early also and just started talking about, you know, like concerns that people had, and then, you know, we were coming back for a few rounds as well, so we were hoping that uptake would increase. What we found with um the population, so there are about nineteen hundred sheltered individuals in the city of Detroit mm-hmm. across twenty nine of the shelters. And we found that for the first dose only thirty-five percent of individuals were taking it. And then of that uh twenty two percent total uh, received both doses. And so we did find that we, you know, we were not catching as many people as we could. And then when you look at staff About 65% of staff received their first dose, and uh, 46% ended up getting both doses total. So we have a lot of work to do. Um, One thing that we can do with uh, the sheltered community is there is a surveillance system where you can track individuals um, if they have moved to another shelter. So that's what we've spent a lot of time doing and offered either to go back to um, those shelters for scheduling or to have people come to the Northwest Activity Center where we can also provide transportation for them to get um, their second dose or first dose if they choose to um, start the series.
0: Hmm. So so before we talk a little more about the sheltered population, uh, I want to try to get to the maybe non-sheltered population, people who are homeless and living uh, on the streets here in our in our city, and and how you manage outreach to them, uh, given that they also, of course, need vaccinations and and are at high risk for uh, for COVID. What, what what does that look like?
1: Yeah, so you know the the number of individuals that are unsheltered um, it it fluctuates often, and so we have uh, we have a relationship with the NOAA Project through the Housing Revitalization. Department and then also um, Pope Francis Center, they they bring in a lot of unsheltered individuals for, um, you know, food during the day. And so we went to those places. And we actually had very good uptake uh, for vaccination. And when we went back, people were coming, uh, were returning. And we were able to find most people that we missed as well. Um, In addition, the Wayne State University School of Medicine, street medicine program, does a lot of work with the unsheltered population, so it's not just us doing the work, but you know, having our community partners fill in the gaps.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Reverend Fowler, I want to talk uh, about the special needs that this population has and what you have seen since uh, since the COVID pandemic started a, a year ago, and and how this has affected uh, not just the, the the health outcomes and the public health issues. That we have with people who face housing insecurity, uh, but but of course the, um, uh, the 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 issues that they face all the time uh, because they have such uh, such precarious housing circumstances. Just give us a sense of what the last year has looked like.
2: Sure. So let me start with the outreach in, in terms of CAS. Uh, we have an outreach team now that goes out seven nights a week to engage uh, men and women uh, primarily living on the streets. And uh, early on, uh, the whole team quit because we couldn't get uh, PPE to them. It took us a while to um, catch up because there was such a demand everywhere. And of course, when you're dealing with men and women who are unsheltered, they're they're not even able to wash their hands, much less um, socially distance or mask up. So. Uh, That was the immediate reaction. We had to um, find sources for for gloves and masks and disinfect. And and once we did, we hired a second team. And they've been very um, effective. But you have to imagine that even if you could talk the individuals into going for testing, you had to socially distance them in the vehicle. And and originally, you wouldn't get the results for three to four days. So we worked out a collaboration with an organization in, in Pontiac, And we had to drive them one or two or three at most at a time to Pontiac and wait for a rapid test result before we could bring them into the shelter. Mm. So as you might imagine, outreach uh, was reduced to to transportation, basically, because what you didn't want to do is um, help somebody off the street and infect your entire shelter because our shelters um, continue to be and won't be soon, fortunately, congregate settings, meaning you've got 150 people in three rooms and staying six feet away was near impossible. I mean, the best we could do during sleeping time was go head to foot, head to foot, head to foot. Hmm. Um, so so there was a fear not only amongst the people who were experiencing homelessness, but also amongst the staff. Now, I would give a really good shout out to the health department because they came in early to do testing uh, uh, weekly. So we uh, you know, added that to doing temperatures and, and the rest of it and they had a pretty good handle on it last spring. Um, I think in all of our shelters, we only had a couple cases of people who needed to go to the COVID shelters to um, be watched and monitored. This spring, we, our record has not been so good. I, I believe the variants are much more contagious. Uh, just last week, I had 10 staff out Uh, either with COVID or because they needed to quarantine due to COVID. We had four families test positive, not necessarily the whole family, but members of the family test positive in our shelter for COVID. Um, So the testing has been going on for a long time. Uh, We were able through Albion College to get rapid tests uh, um, early this year so that our outreach isn't transporting back and forth and can tell within 15 minutes with some degree of accuracy. And and then again, I I would give a huge shout out to the city and the health department and also to Wayne State, Continental Management, CVS for for bringing vaccinations here Mm -hmm. uh, right on site. So we didn't have to transport anybody and we could uh, use ourselves as staff members to to sort of demonstrate that Uh, You might get a little sick or your arm might be a little sore, but it's certainly better than being on a ventilator, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, However, even with all of that, uh, and we've had five rounds of the double Moderna shots, uh, only about a fourth of the people who are experiencing homelessness and a third of the people who are on staff have taken the vaccination. I I mean, it's more than just one thing. There's the history, of course, of experimentation on African-Americans, There's the hesitancy about vaccinations in general. There's the idea that we've rushed to launch. And unfortunately, right now, there's the pause with Johnson & Johnson Mm -hmm. that have people saying, see, I told you, it's not safe. And so how we get to that everyone being vaccinated is is a real question at this point in time. Yeah. And obviously that's where we want to get. That yeah. that's what's going to keep everybody safe. Right.
0: Uh, Faith, I also wonder uh, one of the I think really innovative things that you have created here uh in in our city is Tiny Homes Detroit, which is mm-hmm. uh the the community of tiny homes over on the west side where uh, you're giving people who have faced, you know, chronic housing insecurity, a chance to to live in and ultimately own their own homes. A lot of that population, uh, you know, was homeless at some point or or mm. has struggled with that. I wonder if you can talk about how the pandemic uh, over the last year has affected that community. I've really wondered what uh, what that has looked like, but also how successful you've been at, uh, at getting the residents there to get vaccinated.
2: So, uh, sure. Certainly we did open up uh, vaccinations for the residents, and, and I'm guessing we're about a third there who have taken it as well, so not everybody has. Mm-hmm. They're, they're more protected because they're quarantined just by their house. Uh, because of privacy uh, issues, I can't give you too much information, but we haven't had a lot. We haven't had the same sort of spread within Residents, we have had security members who have either had to quarantine or have had uh, COVID, and so staffing has been an issue there as well. We have we have uh, put a pause on our taking in new tenants. Um, we were just ready to start taking them in again, and now we're sparking spiking again. So we're hoping by June or July to to fill up the empty spots that are waiting for for new residents, uh, but uh, given the staffing issues. And the notion you might bring, be bringing COVID into the community has caused us to be a little bit reluctant. Yeah. Uh, but, but the whole notion that you can be in your own space with a door um, uh, it lends itself to safety. It just does. One of the things we were able to do early this year is buy a new facility that's uh, currently under renovation that will allow each family in the family shelter to have their own separate bedroom. Hmm. It won't give them uh, independent bathrooms, but at least they'll have that space, A, to get some sleep at night, and, and B, to um, protect, protect their family, protect their kids and themselves when we're in a, the middle of a global pandemic like we are right now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm talking with uh, Reverend Faith Fowler of Cass Community uh, Social Services and with Dr. Najiba Rahman, who is uh, Chief Medical Officer for the Detroit Health Department. Uh, We're talking about vaccinating the homeless here in the city of Detroit, people who face uh, chronic housing insecurity. It's a population we haven't talked much about since the pandemic began, either about how the pandemic is affecting that community or about how we get to the the point of making sure that they get the vaccinations uh, that they need as well. Um, if you want to join the conversation, give us a call. Uh, we'll talk about what you think about uh, the idea of trying to get vaccinations to uh, difficult populations like uh, the homeless. Uh, we would love to hear you from you, especially if you're somebody who is either part of uh, the, the, the community that faces housing insecurity here in uh, in, in, in Detroit or maybe works with uh, that population, uh, what interests or concerns have you seen come up uh, around making sure that they get uh, vaccinated? As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and uh, we'll try to work you into the conversation uh, that way. Dr. Rahman, uh, I, I want to ask about what we may be learning from the effort to vaccinate the homeless. What, what I'm hearing from both you and from Reverend Fowler is that the, the success here is about taking the vaccinations to the the folks who need them. In other words, finding where they are and and saying, we're coming to you. You don't have to come down to TCF or to the Northwest Activity Center. We'll bring that to you. I had a conversation last week with uh, Abdul El-Sayed, who uh, used to be our health commissioner and then ran for governor. And he said that that's the key to getting the vaccination rate in Detroit up overall, that he he really believes we're going to have to make more of an effort to to close what he called the last mile gap uh, with with a lot of the population in Detroit. In other words, people who would say, yeah, no, I do want to get a, a vaccination and maybe would even sign up, but just won't get to the place where they're supposed to get it or maybe get the first one and then don't get uh, the second. It, it, is this effort to reach the homeless kind of a blueprint maybe for something we ought to be doing on a on a bigger scale
1: yeah i think that this you know it's just it's applicable across the board so you know i i know that there have been concerns about uh, the city of detroit residents not getting vaccinated uh, as with a higher percentage compared to surrounding jurisdictions Um, but you know just just looking at our statistics and how the priority groups um, rolled in we're Essentially going to be vaccinating first responders, um, healthcare providers, many of whom work in the suburbs. And now, as the vaccine is more widely available, I mean, it, it just opened up to all age groups. And so, um, you know, we're, we're standing up more community sites and getting out there. And, and like Dr. El Sayad said, um, you, you know, with this population too is, that's how you are going to get your numbers up. These are individuals whose addresses are in the city of Detroit, just like our nursing home residents, individuals in adult foster care. So, you know, these are the individuals that we just we broadly have to target, and we have started chipping away. Um, but I I do feel confident that our numbers will start going up within the community over the next two months. Mm-hmm. There there was hesitancy, and I think it's justified for many reasons, and. You know, when when I'm at these outreaches, people have very informed um questions, and you know, I, I think that at the end of the day, we do need to give Detroiters uh, more of a chance to to express what their questions are because this is new. Mm-hmm. We are still in, in an experimental phase. This is a phase for clinical study that's happening across the world, and and people have questions, and we just need to answer them. And so, what we've found at these outreaches is sometimes people will bring their family, one family member won't get it and they'll say, well, I want to see what happens and then I'll come back next time. And and that's the same thing we have to do with the homeless population. Like any group is to just keep showing up, keep reinforcing. And and I think that we will get there. Hmm. Um, I I, I have faith in in, in the process, but at the same time, um, like Reverend Fowler was saying that we do have the variants um, in Detroit. Right now we we, we have the U.K. variant. I think it's pro- probably pretty broadly dispersed at this point, and, and, and we have identified uh, a case of the Brazil variant and uh, a couple of the California variant. So, you know, it's balancing out vaccination versus um, continuing to practice social distancing and wearing those masks. And so with our homeless community, we have started to see more cases bubble up. Uh, we had some quiet time for a few months, Hmm. But they are they are sort of my indicator within nursing homes. When once those cases started to go up, that's when I became more concerned because we have such tight surveillance on both of those groups. Hmm. And um and, and so it really just does come down to a balance and to keep reinforcing and keep communicating and building trust within the community. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back we're gonna continue this conversation about reaching the homeless population here in the city of Detroit uh, with vaccination distribution efforts. We want to continue to hear from you as well. 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. Uh, Tell us uh, if you've got any experience or insight into reaching uh, isolated or difficult to reach populations uh, with vaccination efforts. Uh, Also, give us a call if you have experience uh, that lets us know how the pandemic has been affecting Uh, some of these populations. Uh, Again, you can also go to Facebook or Twitter, put your comments there. Stephanie in Detroit, we'll hear from you next. Uh, If you want to join her, give us a call. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Today on 101.9 WDET, I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. My guests are Dr. Najima Rahman. She is the Chief Medical Officer for the Detroit Health Department. Also with us is Reverend Faith Fowler. She's the Executive Director of CAS Community Social Services. Uh, We're talking about efforts to make sure that the city's homeless population is included in the efforts to distribute the COVID-19 vaccines. Uh, for obvious reasons. uh, There are some real challenges making sure that uh, that population uh, is included in the the general efforts to get everybody uh, vaccinated. Uh, The health department has been working uh, on this problem specifically for some time and uh, is looking forward to uh, the day when, um, uh, when we can say that we've got most of uh, that population vaccinated as well as most of the people here in the city. Uh, we want to hear from you during the segment. Uh, if you have any experience or interaction uh, with isolated or difficult to reach populations here in the city, uh, let us know what that's been like for the past year. This is something that we haven't really talked about uh, much on the program, uh, how COVID-19 and the pandemic uh, has affected uh, populations like those who face Chronic Housing Insecurity. Uh, As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook and Twitter and put comments there, and uh, we'll get you into the conversation that way. Let's go to Stephanie in Detroit. Stephanie, what's on your mind? Yes.
3: Good morning. Good morning. Mm -hmm. First of all, Stephen, thank you so much for having Reverend Faith Fowler and your other guest on. Sure. This is a population of people that we have not talked about, and we need to. I do some work with the Tiny Homes residents, and I had a meeting with one of the residents who is 62, and I said, oh, my goodness, what would you think about getting the shot? He said, oh, no, 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 I can't get the shot, because they told me that if you get the shot, you get the virus. Oh, Oh, no. And I spent some time with him, and at the end of the meeting, he said, okay, okay, you talked me into it. And uh, Reverend Fowler's staff was quick and came over and he was vaccinated the next day. Wow. So because the tiny homes are close to one of the buildings where the health department was coming out to vaccinate, that just made it great. Mm. So we are now, you know, really reaching out to the population that may not know what it is or may have given bad information. Mm -hmm. And Reverend Fowler has just been phenomenal. Mm. and making all this work.
0: Wow. Wow, Stephanie, I I, I love uh, the information that you're sharing uh, in your phone call here, and thanks very much for, for being part of the program. Uh, Reverend Fowler, we heard Dr. Rahman talk a little about that importance of information and patience with people who have questions, legitimate questions about uh, about the vaccination and what it will do, what it won't do. Uh, here we have Stephanie talking about a very specific example of of your work trying to break through uh, that particular challenge.
2: Well, certainly the doctor was right on point when she was saying that uh, taking the vaccinations to places that uh, people frequent, whether they're churches or community centers, so so that it's easy for them to get there and return home. Uh, the point that Stephanie uh, lifted up, of course, is spending time talking to them. They, they've heard all kinds of uh, things about the shots and what the reactions are going to be, and who's died, and uh, much of the information they're they're receiving and believing isn't true. And um, and then finally, listening to people who have had the vaccinations and um, and are telling good things about feeling a little bit of liberation, not, not total. Of course, we still have to be careful. Um, but, but, um, receiving the shots does give you a a level of security that you're probably not going to die from it. And, you're probably not going to go to the hospital should you be infected. Hmm. After that, um, I, I think just even saying something as simple as you're you're safer getting a vaccination than you are getting into a car. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's it's that simple. Are there risks? Sure, there's risks with anything, but you have to uh, to weigh them and decide. Uh, whether you're going to live locked up forever or whether there are steps you can take to protect yourself and, and go on with life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, Stephanie, really appreciate the call uh, and you sharing that information. Let's go to Amanda in Detroit. Amanda, welcome to the show.
3: Hi. Um, my question is, um, or suggestion is walk in appointments. Um, so you don't require um like, we don't require an appointment. Uh, I know that vaccine, they're doing that at the vaccination centers in Philadelphia. So, people you don't have to plan for transportation or childcare or shifting work schedules. Hmm. And then the two other items are um, incentives, um, particularly for homeless. If you said you get a day or two night stay in a hotel when you get your um, vaccine, so they don't have to worry about having um, side effects. And um, just for the general public, uh, like a incentive such as a food voucher, uh, like a gift certificate for a grocery store or a Visa card. Mm.
0: Uh, th- those are really interesting ideas, and I did not know uh, that Philadelphia was experimenting with with walk-in appointments. Uh, Dr. Rahman, I'll start with you, uh, re- just responding uh, to that. Is that something that w- we're thinking about here uh, in the, in Detroit?
1: Yeah, so this is very timely. Um, uh, we started uh, taking walk-ins last week, so you know, after the Johnson and Johnson um, case study uh, concerns were released, we we did see a drop in our uh, school-based health center uh, outreach events, and so we started to do walk-ins. And it was interesting because I, I was talking to a woman who said, um, you know, she she received a kicker card in her mailbox, and then, you know, her brother and her family were all, you know, like pushing her to get vaccinated. She was the last person left. And she was watching the news on Friday morning and heard that there was going to be a site in her neighborhood and went to the grocery store and then drove up and said she just walked in and got vaccinated. And and I think that's that's a really key thing is that some people may just not be ready when they have that scheduled appointment and they may just walk in on the fly and get it and feel more comfortable. So uh, we, we should be seeing more of that um, down the line. And, mm-hmm. and it, I think it's a great idea and we, we do need to start moving in that direction.
0: Yeah. Uh, and Faith, I wonder what you make of this idea of incentives for uh, homeless, uh, homeless people to, to come take the vaccine in exchange for maybe a night of, uh, of shelter that they wouldn't have had otherwise.
2: Yeah, I'm fine with incentives. I think if it'll keep them safe and healthy um, and there's the funding to do it, I'm I'm certainly fine with it. I'm particularly worried uh, we have the Moderna shot at uh, CAS is is making sure they get the second shot as well as the first. Um, So if an incentive would help in that situation as well, I'd, I'd be very open to it.
0: Okay. All right, uh Dr. Najiba Rahman. Uh, it was really great to have you here with us on Detroit today. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank
1: you so much. It was a pleasure
0: and uh, Faith Fowler uh, of course, it is always a pleasure to have you with us here on Detroit today. Thanks uh, for joining us for the conversation
2: as well. Thank you, Stephen. The honor is mine. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, we are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about Earth Week. We're going to kick off Earth Week with a discussion about our, um, our wilderness here in the United States and an intriguing question about wilderness. Who owns it and who's responsible for it? Uh, we're going to talk about a new Atlantic article that explores that, and we're going to want to hear from you How do you use the wilderness? How do you interact with it? And are you thinking about it as we get started with Earth Week? Stay tuned for more Detroit Today.